Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us? thank you for this day we thank you that we can come together again and worship you lord we pray today that you would open our hearts and our minds so that we could receive your message and focus on your word in jesus name amen
here. We're so grateful that you joined us in worship today. Uh, we like to frame our announcements in our five practices, so I want you to get your bulletin and open it, and we'll look through it together. I'm not going to read it word for word, but I want to point out a couple things to you. The first thing we try to exhibit is radical hospitality. We want to make sure that we... Um, 
in every way when you come on campus that you feel welcome, that you feel like you know where you want to go. And this is a fun opportunity. Rochelle Foster is sitting right here. Stand up, Rochelle. Rochelle is running the screen for us today. I've given the girls uh, the 9 o'clock service off their um, working at Sunday school at 11. Rochelle created these logos. Every time you see these logos everywhere, Rochelle's the one that created So if we want to put them on the website, if we want to put them on a t-shirt, if we want to put them on a banner, we can do whatever we want because we created them. And when I say we, I mean... Rochelle created them, and I'm grateful for that. Um, so we want to make sure you feel welcome in this service. Um, we have these tables here from the CEP, but you're welcome to sit there while you have your snack. We have restrooms here. We have a security check-in station at the back wall. If you uh, have a child that's going to go to a program uh, in this hour or um, in the Sunday school hour, uh, make sure that you take advantage of that. We also have uh, prayer cards and visitor cards. If you would like for our Tuesday prayer group to pray for you and our staff throughout the week, if you'll raise your hand now, and Usher will bring you a card with a pencil. Uh, you just have to fill it out um, and they will uh, share it with our Tuesday prayer group and the team that prays throughout this week. There's also a number in the bulletin. It's on the front page. At any time, you can call that number 24-7. And um, one of uh, uh, on our staff who's in town, most likely me unless I'm out of town, will get an email immediately with your prayer concern. If you have an immediate pastoral care need, um, make sure you say that on the voicemail. If you have a prayer concern, just say that and we'll make sure that we get it. Um, major thing for uh, Radical Hospitality is the Fall Festival, which has a paragraph in your bulletin above the Passionate Worship section. Um, please note the date. It's a fun time. This is the second time uh, Aaron's doing the Fall Festival. She has a feel for it this time and Leslie's getting in the middle of it and helping us promote it as well. Uh, we need your help in a couple different ways. Um, prizes and snacks that don't have peanuts and volunteering at the event. It's a tremendous event when we have people outside our church uh, come and um, it's an excellent opportunity and you see uh, uh, the food that's coming is coming outside vendor and uh, clutch squealing friends. I've seen that food truck all over Greer and Greenville. Um, they'll be coming and um, just ask Aaron if you have any further questions about that. And cupcakes. Which is what? We need volunteers to bake. We need volunteers to bake cupcakes. Did y'all know that I'm a master cupcake baker? No. No, I'm not. Uh, so we need your help. Uh, if you would like to make cupcakes, um, please let Aaron know and she'll be happy to do that. Um, we believe in passionate worship. Um, we try in every way, shape, or form to... Um, have excellent worship services with two drastically different styles, but the same message, the same purpose, the same hope. Um, our people go back and forth between both services, and they also will watch and listen to uh, the services. We have a team that does that. If y'all look back at Adam, Adam is behind the camera back there. Adam uh, and his team could use help in recording uh, all the things that we do, so make sure that you uh, notice that announcement. If it's something that you're interested in doing, you can be trained to do that. We believe in intentional faith development. Whatever we can do um, throughout the week to give you a chance to look at the text a little bit deeper, and I'm going to do something high level here and click on home. This is sundayscripturepodcast.com. 
you can go to that and on the very top is the latest podcast for the week. This is setting you up for Sunday if you missed it. If you scroll down, the sermon from last week is there. So either the last thing that happened will be there in audio form and you can find that on iTunes or anything else. Um, and there's also a blog um, throughout the week that you can read as well to set you up for Sunday. Um, we believe in risk-taking mission and service. What can we do um, to serve this community, to serve the region, to serve the world? And today, our um, Brett Hovis is going to share um, some great things from the mission and service team. Good morning. Thank you, Joe. Uh, first, we want to celebrate what we've done in the last uh, five weeks. We've given generously to three excellent causes this month. We've given $9,000 to UMCOR for the hurricane relief. And we've given a little over $1,000 to Epworth Children's Home. We were also a major sponsor for the Greer Community Ministries event this weekend and gave them $2,500 for an important uh, fundraiser for their budget. Uh, we also, uh, we started the Honey Dudes mission back in the summer and it's been kind of quiet but things have been going on at a rapid pace behind the scenes. Uh, we've built a team of, of close to 40 volunteers with the Honey Dudes mission and so far we've done about four different uh, mission projects. And again, so what, what the Honey Dudes is, is it's a, a men's mission here at Memorial where we go out and serve uh, widows, wives of deployed military, and a single mother. So do small one to two hour tasks for them uh, in and around their home. So if you know somebody that needs our services, uh, please reach out to Leslie in, in the church office and, and she'll coordinate with me and we'll get out there to, uh, to help uh, serve the folks at our church but also in the community. So, And if you're also interested in, in joining us uh, to be a part of the mission, you can uh, reach out to Leslie or reach out to me uh, at honeydudes at memorialgreer.com and, and we'd love to have you uh, serve with us and, and help us out. Uh, we also want to anticipate what we're going to do in the next six weeks. So one of our signature projects is the Thanksgiving boxes of the Foundations class. So we'll be uh, donating to, to the project in the coming weeks uh, and we will be delivering the boxes on Consecration Sunday which is November the 19th and we will be looking for people that are willing to help to deliver those. So again, if, if that's something that you're interested in from a, uh, a mission uh, aspect of things, reach out to Leslie and we'll uh, get you pointed in the right direction. Thank you. Thank you, Brett. Um, the Honey Dudes has also been a great source of information about how people in our congregation are doing. And we continue to improve all of that and understanding where people are and, and how they're feeling and if they need help beyond uh, the um, simple repairs. Uh, we also believe in extravagant generosity. You'll see a report on the back of your bulletin. And I'll tell you one of the great things is we try to keep pace exactly where we are, but our staff has done a tremendous job staying under budget uh, as well. So we're in an excellent position for the year. Uh, those are our announcements. We hope you take your bulletin home with you. If you didn't get a newsletter this month, please take one on your way out the door. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have lots of things on our mind. Lots of busyness at work, at home, at church. 
though those things are important and interesting and faithful part of our lives, we ask, Lord, that in this moment you help us to set them down. You help us, Lord, in this moment to pray together, to sing together, to read together, to proclaim together. That we may see some of the anger and brokenness and pain of the human condition. That we may see the overwhelming love and invitation of God. That we may see a wonderful opportunity that springs up in a way that we had no idea it was coming. Calm us, Lord. Settle us, Lord. Focus us, Lord, on your text for this day. Lead us and guide us in the prayer your Son taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to start off with three pictures. Let's look at the first one. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Anybody know the guy on the left? I know you know Michael Jordan. You remember the guy that's guarding him? Muggsy. That's right. That's my man, Muggsy Bokes. And um, on a Friday in the seventh grade, I got a call from a friend, and he said, would you like to go to the Hornets game tonight at seven? I knew the Bulls were coming. And I don't even care if the Bulls are coming. Would you like to go to the Hornets game tonight is the, is the real serious question. I don't care what the circumstances are. I went like this. On a, uh, on a phone on the wall with a cord. I was on a phone on the wall with a cord, and I said, yes, yes, I would like to do that. And uh, it was kind of a quiet breakfast. My parents insisted we eat breakfast together, but we hardly said much because we were thinking about whatever. I was, exci I was excited and speaking as a middle schooler in that moment. And I was going to get to see Michael Jordan and Muggsy Bogues. And, of course, Steph Curry is a total star now, right, for the Golden State Warriors, top five star in the NBA. Who's the guy on the, on the left of Jordan there? That's his dad, Estelle Curry. So um, I'm getting further along in life. I saw your dad play, and uh, he was one of my favorite players. I actually used to steal my dad's tiny little radio TV in his bathroom. Uh, every night to watch the Hornets play and would have to remember to put it back and occasionally would not. Out of nowhere, I'm given the opportunity to go, and that phrase was there, I forgot to say that, out of nowhere. Sometimes things pop up. Let's look at the next one. What's that? 18th hole at Augusta National. On a Sunday afternoon, my senior minister uh, at a church in um, Charleston said, I've got tickets for a practice round tomorrow if you want to go. What do you think I said? Mm -hmm. I called friend after friend after friend after friend. And when I tell this story, people say, you didn't call me. 
And I said, hey, um, I'm leaving tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. if you want to go. Sorry, can't. Uh, so cool. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm even on the interstate. Now I'm on a cell phone that could only call people. Couldn't text people on this cell phone. It's, a little, it's one of these little deals. You hold up. And I call a friend of mine that I sort of knew from our residency program in ministry. We were in the middle of it, which is like residency for doctors. And I say, uh, hey, I'm in Orangeburg. He's in Columbia. I said, I'm coming through Columbia. If you want to go to the Masters, you can go with... I said, I don't know if you like golf. I had no idea. That's like a top three thing for him. He says, I'll be there. He got in the car with me. We spent 15 hours with each other in a way that we hadn't spent 15 hours in life with each other. Best friends still today. Based on him getting a call from a guy who was 40 minutes, maybe 30 minutes from town. And we're going to Augusta National. Let's look at the next one. Who we got here? Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. Uh, Katie texted me on a cell phone. We've gone very different. Uh, we've elevated every single time, every time in this story. She says um, to me very randomly, uh, Greenville County teachers get Faith Hill and Tim McGraw tickets for nothing. Do you want to go? Sure. You want to guess the last time I went to a concert? <laughs> no. I give you all five guesses and you won't get it. I was selling flashlight flowers at Carowinds, Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> this was not a highlight of my life. This is going to be a little different. They crushed it. I had no idea what that concert would be like. I know them pretty well. But they did stuff together. Then he would sing, and she'd go off, and then she'd come on, and he'd go off, and then they'd sing together again. And you talk about, uh, uh, I talk about premarital counseling. People are different. It can still work out. You talk about two different people. She is 15 cylinders, churning and dancing and moving. And he'd come out and he'd go like this. And the crowd just go insane. Totally different people. Last second, amazing opportunity. Today we're going to hear about that. In the midst of deep anger, deep pain, and violence. We're going to see a chance for an opportunity. And sometimes you don't have much notice in your opportunity and you've got to say yes or no. So let's look at the text. Verse 1. Jesus responded by speaking again in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding party for his son. He sent his servants to call those invited to the wedding party, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent other servants and said to them, Tell those who have been invited, Look, the meal is all prepared. I've butchered the oxen and I've fattened the cattle. Now everything's ready. Come to the wedding party. So the next phrase is his son. This is the king's son. Tremendous pressure. It's like being the owner's son president's son, the CEO's son. People figure that you've got everything made for you. 
They figure that the path is straight and simple and there's no hills. And they wonder if you have what it takes to step in that role. There's zero sympathy for the son of a king, I'm guessing. And when he's having this party and everyone is saying no, and it's a wedding party, we've had completely different wedding party stories in the Gospels. The first time Jesus ever launches his ministry is, is a huge wedding party in which they're out of wine, which is a critical portion, critical part of their celebration. And his mom says, I want you to do something. And he says, no, it's not my time yet. And like any mom, she says, what? Go do something. Go on now. In this story, it's people completely ignoring an invitation by the king. How do you think the king would react to such a thing? How would you react to completely being rejected in a social engagement? Because there's a level of that for you. The pain that you would feel. And I said on the um, podcast this week, there's been a couple times in my life when I looked out the window and wondered if people was, were going to come today. It's not a good feeling. But that feeling is magnified a ton when it's your child. You know, Katie does a much better job than me, I'll brag on her, when the girls fall down and skin their knee or they do something to hurt themselves. She goes, eh, I'll be all right. Come on, come on. You know what I do? Mm, I'm so sorry. Right? In fact, sometimes I get angry because of the way that, the sadness that I feel, and I'm like, why did you trip and fall? It's an awful, awful response to that. But she just lets them shake it off. But parents feel the pain that their children feel. And parents are on a sliding scale in a number of different areas of life as to how much pain they want their child to feel to get experience in life or be shielded from that experience in life. How do you think the king feels about his son when all the nobles in the area, anyone who on any other day would be clamoring to come to the palace, is blowing him off? Tremendous embarrassment. And this is two things. This is deeply personal on the part of the people not coming. They are ignoring a personal request from the king. This is deeply political. They are ignoring a request from the king in that area. It's a tough, tough spot. Verse 5. He says, no, look, I, I got everything ready. I butchered everything. I prepared everything. But they paid no attention and went away. Some to their fields, others to their businesses. The rest of them grabbed his servants, abused them, and killed them. Do you remember that from last week? Escalates that response. Much, much worse. The king was angry. He sent his soldiers to destroy those murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to the servants, the wedding party is prepared, but those who were invited weren't worthy. Therefore, go into the roads on the edge of town and invite everyone you find to the wedding party. Then those servants went to the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding party was full of guests. 
So here's your next phrase, his honor. First we talked about his son. Now we're talking about his honor. You know, there's, for many stories, there's at least one parallel version in the other Gospels. In the parallel version of this story, the guy, one guy says, you know, I bought some land and I got to go look at it. You ever given that excuse? I bought land and I need to go look at it before or after I've already purchased it. So what does the second guy say? You know, I bought some cattle. I need to go check and make sure they're good. You ever, you ever buy cattle before you know that they're settled and they're good? Any cattle purchasers in the room? Probably not. But if you said, you know, I bought a car online. I don't know anything about it. I got to go look at it. On Saturday at 5 p.m., when this wedding's happening. Third guy's legit. He says, I just got married. I can't come. <laughs> In the parallel version. As many times as uh, we've said that. He says, I just got married. Can't make it. But in this version, there's violence. Crazy violence. And in last week's story, there was a guy who owned a vineyard. He set everything up. He set temporary workers in that place. And he said, I'm going to come and collect. And when his servants came to collect, they met his servants with total violence. And then he sent his son. They met him with total violence. And nothing happened to him. In this story, that's not the case. It's continuing to escalate and become this vicious cycle. So there's rejection on the part of the king that is going after his honor, his significance. And that rejection has been the theme of what we've read for weeks. I told you last week, you could easily get the impression with all the texts that we've read that I'm deeply upset with some kind of process that's going on in the church and I'm reading a bunch of stories to let y'all know that I'm not taking it anymore. It's not true. This is the lectionary. These are the readings that are before us as we close out the year of Matthew. Before Advent. Rejection. And constantly elevating violence. Now here's a, um, a fun fact that we were taught in seminary. Everyone has different opinions. Um, this is simply mine based on my training. The Gospels are not written as it's happening. They're written down decades later. And after Jesus' time on earth, the people of Israel, who were as, uh, um, as peaceful as you could be while being occupied by the Roman government, over time revolt. And the Romans say, okay, y'all want to revolt? We'll burn your temple to the ground. And they do. It's gone. And the theory is that as the temple is being destroyed by the Roman government, the author of the Gospel of Matthew is compiling these stories and writing them down. And that rejection and that violence and that anger is on his mind as he compiles them. But the last thing there is that there's an opportunity. An invitation is still being offered. Verse 11. And when the king came in and saw the guests, he spotted a man who wasn't wearing wedding clothes. He said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But he was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, Tie his hands and feet and throw him out into the farthest darkness. People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Many people are invited, but few people are chosen. 
supposed to do with that? It's your last phrase. His standards. I know for a fact that you on one time or another have gotten just barely a shirt that was wrinkled, a hat that had dog hair on it, and thrown, found some shoes and gone to the store for just two things. And then you're out of there. You hope to have an escape before you run into people. And it's when you wear that wrinkled shirt, that dog hair hat, and something sideways, that's when you run into seven people at the church, at the grocery store from the church. And you're like, <laughs> you feel compelled to tell them, I didn't think I was going to run into anybody. <laughs> right? When you have that sense, or if you've ever, um, this hadn't happened to me in a long time, because dress is, um, the formality of dress is dropping. But I'd be in places when someone, uh, it was a coat and tie thing, and somebody had a golf shirt. That's tough. When you walk in the parking lot and you see coats and you go, oh man, I don't have one. And then they're going to ask you why you don't have one. Right, and then you gotta tell them a story, or you gotta borrow one. And what am I about to wear? This thing, this thing that's been sitting in this closet that people have worn. If you were just on the street, y'all have gone to Charleston, you've gone to Asheville, you've gone to Greenville, you've gone to Myrtle Beach, you've gone to New York. If you were just walking along doing what you were doing, and all of a sudden there was a big sweeping crowd that was like, hey, we're all going to a party at the palace. Who wants to go? What would you think? Would you think, here's something I'll never see in my life. I'm going. Or would you think, I have no idea who these people are, and I'm not sure where I am. I'm not going with them. Would you be a third category and go, oh, I got a Mickey Mouse shirt on. I don't know if I should be going to a major thing at the palace with a Mickey Mouse shirt on. Whatever you're feeling, those people are swept up and taken to the place that they would likely be rejected their entire life from guards who are standing one by one with a big spear. Why in the world would a king who just swept through town and grabbed everybody think uh, really need you to have a better shirt on when you're coming up here? There's all kinds of answers to that. Um, and we've researched them all in my career and we've researched them this week. This is one of the strangest parables I've ever read and delivered. The best thing I can come up with is that there's two elements to being invited. One is acceptance, and one is changing who you are to honor the invitation that you've been given. Not changing your core personality, you can't do that, nor would you be asked to do that. But realizing what an opportunity it is, and then responding with elevated behavior because of this opportunity. Let me give you a quote from uh, David Lewicki. It's not on the screen, so I need you to listen. For Matthew, this is the author of the Gospel of Matthew. Ethics are paramount. If a person receives unmerited grace and does not respond with humility, compassion, kindness, and gratitude, 
That person is judged just as those who begged off the initial invitation. In truth, it may be that an ungrateful life is its own judgment, an outer darkness that is desperately lonely and devoid of joy. I did put it on there. How about that? Hey, way to stay on it. Sometimes I forget how on top of it I am. Is it the dumbest thing I've ever said? Write it down. When y'all roast me and when I leave, you can, you can say that one. So, all right, so we have it. Let's, so let's go back one. Unmerited grace. Y'all remember when we gather for communion and we say, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And I didn't say what I was, said I was going to say. And I did not do the things I shouldn't have done. And I went ahead and said the things I shouldn't have said. And then I say, there's good news. There's forgiveness in our Lord and Savior and the gathering around this table. In the name of Jesus Christ, what? You are forgiven. And what do you all say back to me? In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. That's unmerited grace, my friends. And we got a couple options with that. We can say, appreciate it and keep moving. Or we can address one of these four words. I, I'll ask you to rank them in your own head. Humility, compassion, kindness, and gratitude. Where do you rank number one? Where do you rank number four? A couple different theories to that in church leadership, and I've seen them all in um, uh, plans that come from our annual conference to help your church improve. One of them is go after the low one. What can you do to improve the low one? Another one is, uh, all right, let's, let's see what we can do to limit the low one, and let's improve the one that we're really, um, we do a really great job doing. Either way. But if there was a shirt that labeled your entire weakness in one of those four categories and you had to wear it, would it improve your ability to offer it? Humility, compassion, kindness, and gratitude. What Mr. Lewicki says is the thrown in the outer darkness and the gnashing of teeth, you can easily take that and run with it and figure it's an afterlife thing. And honestly, I don't know. But what Mr. Lewicki is saying is, if you can't offer these things, if you can't have these things in your heart, it's an outer darkness of its own. You ever seen someone who has zero gratitude? Very little compassion? Is not kind to others? You, are you often more upset with them or you often more feel bad for them? I guess it varies on whether you have to deal with them or not on a consistent basis, honestly. But when we're invited and when we come and when we acknowledge the fact that we've been given unmerited grace, we have no choice but to stare our weaknesses in the face and say, what can we do to improve? So consider those four words. Consider which one you can truly elevate. 
And when you elevate it and offer it to this world, you'll be changing the garment that you're wearing by your attitudes, your words, and your actions. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able and join me in our affirmation of faith. I love in this one, it says, it should be apparent. It should be apparent by the things we say and do. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. If this last one were a garment that you were wearing, we believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. In heaven, excellent. When we're accepted, excellent. When we experience loss and death, we're sorry. When we go to heaven, amazing. That it may change something here on this earth is what, that, uh, is what, is what we're truly celebrating in that and on this text today. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. As I said in the announcements, you can see in the extravagant generosity section how to give electronically, and you can also give as the plate goes by.
morning, oh sinner, be still. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burden, lay down your shame, and all who are broken, lift up your. Sing this last one with us.
Simpson, our CEP director, has accepted a great job at Trinity United Methodist, Buncombe Street, Trinity, on Augusta Road. We've hired a great new director. She starts on October 30th. It's two weeks until October 30th. You know who's stepping in for those two weeks? say thank you. Let's pray for Kenna. Merciful God, we're so grateful for volunteer leaders in this church who have accepted tremendous roles. We're grateful for them. We don't thank them enough. And we have uh, such amazing ministries because of them. Bless Kenna in these two weeks as she helps us, as she guides us, as she leads us into a new transition. Amen. Sometimes something comes that you didn't expect. We want to say, I will. I'll serve. I hope. I'm in. Have a great week.